Welcome to Health Rants. Join us and learn how not to let healthcare rip you off or kill you. Together, we will explore the secrets of healthcare and give you insight on how to make a better and informed decision about your health and your healthcare. I'm Dr. Bob Braille. I'm a chiropractor for over 40 years, and I've seen it and heard it all. So welcome to our podcast, Health Rants. In today's episode of Health Rants, we're going to talk about something that's been all over the news lately. I mean, you can't pick up a newspaper, you can't go online, read a news story without hearing about it, the coronavirus. Now, as you're listening to this, there will probably be some changes in the numbers that are associated with this. So as of today, in the recording of this program here, uh, there were over a thousand people have died in China from the coronavirus. And they were estimating some 42,000 people had been infected. Now, the numbers are significant, and certainly it's a very tragic thing, but we need to look at this a little more rationally. First of all, in today's news, they did say there was a decrease, a one-day decrease in the number of new cases. Now, one day doesn't mean a lot. This still could be potentially serious, still be worldwide. But there's some sanity we need to bring to this discussion and look at the idea of what it is we can do. You see, one of the things that many people wait for is, oh, I can't wait till there's a vaccine for this. Well, that's not going to happen before this thing either spreads or changes. So let's have a little bit of a sane discussion about this. And let's start off, first of all, with the idea of a virus. First of all, where did this virus come from? Where did the coronavirus start? How did it get started? And there's multiple stories on that, but basically a virus mutates fairly quickly. So what happened was some form of a virus mutated into what is now known as the coronavirus. And it is fairly virulent, meaning that, you know, people, uh, it's strong, people can catch it easily. Uh, It obviously causes fatalities. But let's look at the numbers here for a minute. There are a thousand, as of today, there are a thousand casualties out of over 42,000 cases. That's about less than two and a half percent of the people who catch it can die from it. Now, certainly that's still a tragic number, but that also means that like 97 and a half percent of people don't die from this thing. So let's ask ourselves some questions on this for uh, for a moment. Let's start off with the, the first thing. Viruses mutate very quickly which means that they are continuing to mutate. They can either get worse or they can be less virulent. And if you look at the history of some other vaccines, certainly in my lifetime, we've had two sets of um, uh, of virus scares, the the swine flu named twice, by the way. And in in each of these instances here, the virus was very scary. They made a lot of noise about it. There was a whole bunch of hype in the news. And then by the time it made it to the United States, it had mutated. It wasn't quite as, as bad as it was. And some people got sick and some people did perish, but it wasn't a big deal. I mean, there was a big push when they came out with a vaccine for it, for everybody to get it. And one, in fact, one particular episode, the president even got it at that time. And uh, then, of course, there was a Guillain-Barre problem from the vaccine itself. But that, that aside, that not part of this discussion, the virus went through mutations and the human body as a, as a populace adapted to where, okay, it was no longer present. 
in the latest swine flu uh, swine flu epidemic problem, I can remember them closing high schools and kids wearing masks to school. And this was before the virus actually made it to the United States. Talk about the hype and the scare. People were scared of this thing before it had made it to the United States. They were actually closing schools because kids had colds, which were not the swine flu. Um, so the coronavirus here is following a similar trend as far as the news, as far as the hysteria. Typically, when a virus like this occurs, it is serious. It comes out. It has a deadly effect on a number of people. But there is a large survivability level on this. And in this case, it's 97.5% as of right now. Now, two things can happen. One, it could mutate some more and get worse. Or more likely, as it mutates and the human body's defenses mutate, it becomes less severe and eventually it is not the issue that people thought that it was. Uh, in, in the beginning, very bad. Later on, less so. There's a reason for this. You know, viruses adapt and mutate and change, but if they kill the host, they're not very successful. So the key is not to kill the host. So you can go from host to host and your host survives and the, the virus goes to another host. That's, the, 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 that's how nature works. If it kills the host, it's not very effective. So viruses continually mutate and they're going to mutate anyway. This is something you cannot stop which is also one of the problems with rushing out a vaccine for something like this, because if it's mutating as rapidly as it is, by the time you create a vaccine, it's mutated into something that the vaccine will not be effective for, even in the short term. And that's a discussion we can have and will have in a future podcast, but for right now, we'll leave that subject alone. So basically, there's a lot of people very afraid of this thing, and rightfully so, but let's look at that 97.5%. Why is 97.5%, you know, probably getting sick, but not succumbing to this? Okay. In a given population, there are going to be a number of people where their immune systems are weaker, where their body's defenses are weaker. And when they come in contact with something as strong as the coronavirus, they're going to succumb to it. I'm going to guess that number is somewhere in the vicinity of 2.5%. So these are people who, no matter what it was that came out, probably was going to take them. Uh, in this case, it's the coronavirus. And it's not callous. That's just a, you know, a, a fact of what happens with disease processes. They come out, and then they mutate and become less strong usually, less severe, and affect uh, a less amount of people as far as fatalities go. So you've got some people where their systems are already weaker. So really what we need to be focusing on to be most effective about fighting this corona thing is what is it that the 97% have, the 97.5% have, that prevents them from getting overly sick, that prevents them from succumbing to this disease process? Well, noted than that, we need to be discussing health in general. Now, overall, you might say, well, seemingly healthy people are getting this thing and dying. Well, the seemingly part is the key here. What do you mean by seemingly? If you're judging that by the outward appearance of a person, are they physically fit? Do they look healthy? That may not be the answer. The answer lies in looking at how well their body's defense systems are functioning. That's a very hard thing to quantify. 
Because how do you quantify how strong a defense mechanism is working? You know, we meet people who will tell you that, oh, I've, I've, I don't remember ever getting sick or really getting sick. And then I meet people who are sick all the time. When they get the flu or they get something, they're down for two weeks. You know, in my personal life, I can tell you that only once in my life did I ever get sick, a flu or whatever it was, where probably for about four or five days I had to stay home. Other than that, anything, and considering I deal with thousands of patients and, you know, they're coughing and I'm contacting them. You know, as a chiropractor, you come in contact with people. You're touching people. Uh, so I come in contact with thousands of people. And if I get symptomatic, if something's going around and I happen to become symptomatic, most of the time it's because I have stressed myself and allowed my defenses to drop. And then most of the time, within six hours, I'm better. And the same thing true with my family. Uh, you know, I don't know sickness for a long period of time as far as that goes. And, you know, you can say, well, that's genetic. Uh, okay, some of it's going to be that, but some of it's going to be what you do to raise your defense systems. And there are several things involved with that. Let's first of all look at what goes into your body, not only in the way of food, but in the toxins and things you don't put into your system. Obviously, the less toxins, the less chemicals in your food, the less chemicals you breathe, the less you take in poison, the stronger your body's defense mechanism is going to be. Also, your mental attitude, how you feel about it. If you know, There's been studies that show that people who study certain diseases are more likely to succumb to those diseases. Like people who study cancer have a higher rate of getting cancer. People who study heart disease have a higher rate of getting heart disease. Now, it's not that because they're around it, it's because that it's constantly on their mind that this is a problem. And, you know, that is something that people expect to get sick, they're probably going to find a way to get sick. Now, I'm not saying that, oh, it's all psychosomatic and that, oh, it's all in your head and that the only reason you got it, no, that's not true at all. But if you're overcome with fear, that stresses your body, drops your defense mechanisms. So stress and the thought process has a lot to do with your body's defense mechanisms and has a lot to do with whether you got sick. You know, there's other studies out there show that people who go through bankruptcies and things, they're under a lot of stress. Their defenses drop and they have a higher rate of getting sick or developing a terrible disease. So stress has a lot to do with it. Your ability to handle stress, whether or not you, you spend time, uh, you know, in, in simple things like prayer, meditation, breathing, you know, and then there's the physical part, which has to do a lot with stress, is exercise. I mean, exercise has a lot to do with re reducing stress. People who exercise are succumbing to less stress, and therefore the defense mechanisms are higher. So people say, well, they're physically fit. That's what, well, the reason they're physically fit is because they do more exercise, and therefore their body has less stress, emotionally especially, and therefore the defenses are higher. So what am I saying? Go out and run uh, to prevent the coronavirus? Well, yeah. <laughs> Go do something physical on a regular basis, and that helps raise your defense mechanisms, and it helps you prevent from succumbing to various viruses, colds, flus, etc. It's not the only key. You know, we all look for this one magic bullet, and that's part, unfortunately, of what medicine does. They try to say, we'll handle it. Here's the magic bullet. Here's the pill. Here's the, the vaccine. Here is the shot, whatever it is. That's not how the human body works. Life and health is an accumulation, not an incident. You know, It's not like one thing, oh, I did this and therefore I'm protected. No, it doesn't really work that way. So if you want to help prevent that, there are a number of things. If you want to help prevent 
being weaker and more possibly succumbing to, or if you get it, you know, having a bad outcome with something like the coronavirus, you need to strengthen your defense mechanisms. Okay, so we're talking about what comes inside your body from outside, poisons, toxins, proper food, your mental attitude, which includes exercising, physical activity, okay, and then your function of your nerve system. Now, by the way, this is, it's going to sound a little bit self-serving, but this is what I do every single day with a chiropractic practice is make sure nervous systems function without interference. And that cannot be understressed because I can tell you, I've seen hundreds and hundreds of patients who are under family care who will tell me that, you know, we all used to get sick all the time. And now since we're under chiropractic, we don't get sick as much anymore. Now, there's a good possibility they changed other things in their life too. So that helps. But as I said, there's no one magic bullet. It's not like, okay, I'm going to get a chiropractic adjustment. I won't get the coronavirus. That's not all there is to it. Everything together makes a difference. If you succumb to less stress, you're putting in things that aren't toxic into your body, you're exercising, and you're making sure your nerve system is free of interference through chiropractic care, that raises your level. So basically, we're in a situation where the whole world is starting to get worried about this coronavirus thing, and rightfully so. This is not something that should be trivialized in any stretch, and I'm not doing that at all. But we need to focus on the 97%. What is it that the 97% has that the 2.5% unfortunately did not? And it has to do with function and ability of the body's defenses. A little bit of that is going to be genetic, but I'm probably going to say a very high percentage of that is not genetic at all. There is some predisposition, but I'm also going to be sure it's, very, it's a very slight amount. So as the virus evolves... It is going to change, become less virulent most of the time, less deadly. And if the human body's defenses are up, they're not going to be as affected. And, you know, there are more and more and more cases of viruses that run their course. And, you know, the human population absorbs it. Some people succumb because they're already in a weakened state. Others do not because their defense systems and their immune system is higher. We spend an awful lot of time in fear dealing with trying to prevent the weakness. Why don't we strengthen the strength? I mean, if you're looking to achieve something, play to the strengths. The human body has an amazing ability to fight off disease and sickness. That's how it works. Now, what if, well, the, the common discussion is what about what happened, you know, with the flu in the early 1900s? when, you know, so many millions of people died or the Justinian flu with 100 million people died or, you know, all these different types of things where so many people died. Well, there's a lot of factors there. First of all, what was the general population putting into their system? Chances are the food supply was not very good. Secondly, hygiene was probably not where it is today. And third, yes, in man's history, there is going to be some viruses and some bacteria that come along that are extremely strong and take a, a percentage of the population. And you want to try to avoid that as much as possible. And by doing the right things, you have a better chance of avoiding that. So I doubt we can repeat something uh, that happened back when, you know, millions of people died from a flu or, or bacteria or something. But in the history of viruses mutating, there may come a day when something comes out that is just so deadly, and it won't be something where the percentage of people that uh, die is 2.5%. It, 
it'll be where 97% succumb to it and perish. Then even if it mutates down, that's still half. Remember, the bubonic plague took a third of the population of, of Europe. It didn't take all of them. And there were no vaccines, no medical treatment, nothing like that to prevent it. However, in time, it became less virulent, less crazy, and the human population survived, and we don't hear about it anymore, do we? Same thing's true with Justinian and the other viruses that came out that killed tens of millions, if not 100 million people, and these things eventually changed. The human population as a population absorbed it because the defense mechanisms were there. So to best fight these types of things, the coronavirus or whatever comes after this one, it's best to work on the 97% in this particular case. In other cases, it might be a different percentage. But work on the strengths that the human body comes with. Stop trying to you know, uh, fear the weakness and start trying to work in enhancing the strength. Now, like I said, there'll be a discussion in the future on, on vaccinations because I have issues on that and we'll bring forth experts and have that discussion. We're not having that right now. We're talking about what the body already gives you to strengthen. You know, I was watching a, a television show the other day and I said, what is the advice you can give to people, you know, to help prevent this thing? And they started off with something that is just so simple. Wash your hands. Well, you know what? Cleanliness has a lot to do with it. Now, I don't mean lather yourself up in these, uh, you know, antibacterial things because there's problems with that itself. But cleanliness... <laughs> does help keep your defenses higher as an overall, and in doing so, helps you prevent succumbing to something like the coronavirus. So within each of us is the ability to fight any disease known. The key is to raise the defenses, and the easiest and most successful way is to use the systems in the body that are already there to fight these things. We're going to hear a lot more news about the coronavirus. I predict we will hear that the death rate drops as compared to the number of cases. It becomes less virulent, less people succumb to it. And, uh, you know, I, I, at some point they may or may not come out with a vaccine. They did it with the swine flu. It didn't have much of an effect. Uh, but uh, in, in the case of this uh, sad but tragic situation, and I know people are running around China with masks on. There are, you know, over a billion people there. Um, if a thousand succumb to a disease, that's probably less than any other major health issue they've got in that country each, you know, on a daily basis because there's a billion people there. But it's still not something we should just uh, ignore. It's something that's important. It's something we need to look at. But remember, the body's defenses are there. They took a long time to strengthen to the point where they are as a species. And with that in mind, we can fight this thing off. So focus on the strength, not on the weakness. You know, there's an old saying in, in immunology about uh, it's the soil, not the seed. Now, what that means is that it's not the seed that you have to worry about. It's where you plant it and what soil that you need to think about. You could take a seed and plant, this is even biblical, you can take a seed and plant it on rocks, it's not going to grow. You plant it in good fertile soil, it grows. Same thing is true with the human body. If the human body is already in a weakened state, a good fertile area for vaccines, I mean for, uh, for viruses and bacteria, they're going to flourish and the person will have a problem. If the body is stronger, kind of like rock, <laughs> viruses, bacteria are not going to have a big effect. You look at it in your family. You have five people in the family, something is going around, so to speak, 
only two get sick. One minimally and the rest don't. They've all breathed the same air. They've all touched the same things in the house, usually shared food. Um, so you know, it, it's not just the presence of it. It has nothing to do with luck. You know, I was unlucky or, you know, this person's unlucky, they got it. No, it wasn't just luck. Although maybe the fact that they were there, but I guarantee you for every person who contacted or contracted the, um, the coronavirus, there were probably a thousand more who did and nothing happened because the defenses kicked in and they fought it off. Focus on the defenses is the best way to help prevent the spread of this uh, terrible disease, by the way. But focusing on the defenses and strengthening the body's immune system is the way to go to stop it. Science will do what science needs to do to try to help. But on an individual basis, if we take care of our own defenses, which are amazingly strong, we can make a difference. Thank you for listening. You have been listening to Health Rants. My name is Dr. Bob Braille, and I've been your host. Subscribe to this podcast and join us for future rants on a large variety of subjects related to health and health care. Thank you for listening to Health Rants. Health Rants is sponsored by Braille Chiropractic. Find out more and listen to previous episodes on our website, www.braillechiropractic.com. That's B-R-A-I-L-E chiropractic.com. The opinions on this podcast are meant to encourage discussion on healthcare issues and are not meant as specific medical or healthcare advice. You should only seek health advice from your healthcare professionals. This has been Health Rants.